welcome back to the CBJ show. Uh, with all the news about politics this week, this 40 minute, 30 or 40 minute sports update will probably uh, give you a little break from our news. We're going to be moving as these episodes continue more discussion based in these off season sport leagues. So many sports are in the off season, and there's not really much to recap. And even if there is, I think you're more enjoyable, more enjoying the debate. So I'm going to start out with a fantasy football update. I'm going to tell you some injuries, some sleepers, and uh, we're going to continue on debating, and we'll end the episode with predictions. So uh, kick back, uh, sit back, relax, and let's get on the NFL fantasy football update. Uh, only three people are out this week. That's Andy Dalton, who has been on concussion protocol slash now COVID list for a few weeks. Uh, Gardner Minshew has a thumb injury. He will be out. And Kenny Galladay has a hip injury. He'll be out as well. Those are your uh, three important fantasy updates to let you know. Do not start those three. The next sort of list is IR. Uh, yesterday, we had the Pats, uh, the Niners, and the Packers. And uh, Jimmy G was uh, injured. He got injured in last weekend's Seattle Se- uh, loss to Seattle Seahawks. So he went on the IR. Um, Raheem Mostert's been on IR. Jeff Wilson Jr.'s been on IR. So the running back is thin. Um, Nick Bosa has been on IR. He is out for the season. And Richard Sherman has also been on IR for a long time. He'll be out for the season. The Niners are losing so many people, and uh, either today or uh, our next episode we'll debate with uh, Jimmy G's injury. This is the second time he's had an ankle sprain this season. Is this the last year we see Jimmy G in a 49ers uniform? Not sure yet. We'll have that debate in a later time. But uh, Dak Prescott's on IR, Kristen McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley on IR. Kristen McCaffrey, the news is he should be back soon. So if you still have him on your bench, do not want to drop him. Austin Eakler, uh, I know for a fact that he's sitting on my bench in one of my leagues. He is still an IR. Um, he hasn't been officially out for the season, but probably will not make a return until December. Uh, Julian Edelman went on IR last week after uh, he got a knock before the Bills matchup. And, uh, D4 defensive uh, end and Von Miller are both on IR. Uh, questionable, these are people you may want to start. Uh, uh, it's up to you. Drew Brees, Matthew Stafford, Sam Darnold are a few QBs on that list. Josh Jacobs has a knee injury and an illness, but he should probably be able to uh, play. Chris Carson has been um, out for a few weeks probably will be able to return either this week or next. Um, Kenyon Drink, we know, uh, on Dolphins, he has an ankle injury. Mark Ingram also has an uh, ankle injury. He will be out. Uh, Can't guard Mike. Michael Thomas, unfortunately, uh, will probably not play in this uh, Sunday night uh, crazy matchup between the Bucks and uh, Saints. Week one, the Saints uh, beat Tom Brady. And uh, since that, Tom Brady has only lost one game. Uh, A.J. Brown, wide receiver for the Tennessee Titans, who have fallen apart a little bit of two losses in the past couple weeks. He um, 
he's out, but uh, we'll probably see him come back uh, with that knee injury that's pulling him out. Joey Bosa, we have seen sideline. He also uh, is out. He has a concussion. And uh, Stephon Gilmore, who had a knee injury, was seen at practice today. Uh, um, that tweet is uh, reported by our not only good friend, Mike Reese. Um, that's going to do it for the update. I uh, want to give a little shout out to Jason who did this uh, sleeper pick. Uh, fantasy football update. Halfway through, we thought we'd give a little sleeper of who has been good. Our top sleeper will have to say Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill has outperformed all of us that we thought. And uh, until their loss to the Steelers, and uh, he has been shown excellent performances throughout each week, each and every week. Uh, DeAndre Swift, the running back for the Lions, has been surprisingly really good. And uh, just a couple of weeks ago, he was not really the um, starting. And now uh, they needed him, and he is now the starter in Detroit. With Matthew Stafford now on COVID list, they will need Swift to uh, uh, be big in the upcoming game. Justin Jefferson, Vikings, he's been an absolute monster for fantasy. And uh, surprisingly, last week it was Dalvin Cook. Probably won't see Cook again have a two-week great performance. So wouldn't be surprised if Justin Jefferson uh, has a standout performance in week nine. Uh, Travis Fulgham, he has been crazy good as well and uh we uh not sure how much he'll do going forward but we'll probably see him uh, at least catch a few more touchdown passes from Carson Wentz um JC Jackson he's the cornerback for the Patriots he has four interceptions and if he gets one more he'll tie the all-time single season record for most interceptions in a single season as a Patriot so uh He's going up against Sam Darnold, who is known to throw picks, so he'll probably get one. And uh, Patrick Queen, the last one, our defense player of the uh, first half of the year, he has, for the Ravens, two sacks, two fumble recoveries, and one fumble return touchdown. That's going to do it for this very long football, fantasy football update. Hopefully you set your lines correctly this weekend with all the new upcoming news. Just to go back to fantasy football real quick. You know, a lot of people have talked about Justin Jefferson, and I think he might be the number one sleeper overall this year. But going back to what you said about J.C. Jackson, Sam Darnold, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, Joe Flacco is now the starter of the New York Jets, and Sam Darnold has been benched. So Joe Flacco is more experienced QB than Sam Darnold. Um, Jets are still low and have no wins yet, but... If I'm not mistaken, the new starter is now Joe Flacco and not Sam Darnold. Yeah, it's most likely going to be Flacco this week. They both had some injuries, so I think when healthy, Darnold's the starter. But Flacco hasn't done a bad job, and he's showing the veteran presence on a team that is really struggling. All right, moving on, we are going to go through some quick news that came out today. The Red Sox have re rehired general manager Alex Cora. He's back for more seasons with the Red Sox. I'll start off with I think this is a great decision for the Boston Red Sox. They, had, they won the World Series with him as their coach, and he knows the team very well, and I think this was a great management decision for them to come through and get Cora back on the team. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think it's a great decision to bring Cora back, like you said. 
he was the manager of the 2018 championship team. But my concern on the Red Sox is that they're in a really bad spot right now um, after losing Mookie Betts, David Price, Chris Sale um, to a major injury. He may, he may not be back for part of next season. So I think that the coaching has improved, but the team overall is going to struggle. So they keep core around. I think he'd be a great guy for developing these young guys, especially the people that they got in the Mookie Betts trade, like Alex Verdugo. And I think another young guy that can sort of develop into a superstar is uh, the third baseman, Rafael Devers. I'm a big fan of him. And I think that with uh, Cora's training, um, his team could get back to the top in uh, probably three, five years, maybe a playoff spot. That's a good point. Rafael Devers has uh, improved since he started. Uh, I think a lot of people forget about the shortstop position. Xander Bogart, uh, he's always good, but he's starting it all. So having a young guy like Raphael to uh, step up, maybe lead that infield, uh, wouldn't be uh, a bad situation. And my thoughts on Alex Cora coming back is I think this is great. And even though he was on the Houston Astros during that time, the Astros uh, were caught cheating. Um, Alex Cora in my mind, was not really part of that. It was the players that did it. I understand for the head coach to get fired, but as an assistant coach, you don't really get to, uh, your voice doesn't really get uh, spoken a lot. And I'm, I'm happy that Cora is back in the Boston Red Sox uh, Foundation. We want to uh, step aside from that quick thoughts, but NBA is having uh, new deal, a uh, new, um, I guess they're going to start the season on December 22nd. They've agreed the new agreement is to start on December 22nd. A few new dates uh, that you may want to know is the NBA draft is the 18th. We'll have coverage after the draft on that weekend. Uh, pretty sure that's in about two weeks or so. Um, we'll have um, a recap after the draft to talk about top uh, draft picks and the uh, what these top draft picks can do for the NBA and are obviously our early predictions on the 2021 NBA uh, season and playoffs. But the NBA draft is on November 18th with free agency starting two days later on November 20th, 21st, and 22nd. Three days of free agency. Um, it'll be around then a few days if that date has to get pushed back uh, for a few days wouldn't be surprised as it's right on top of the NBA draft. Uh, training camps for each uh, team will start December 1st in their own area. The season is probably gonna be start regionally based like we saw with MLS in the MLB season. Um, unlike the NFL, I don't think we'll see a lot of teams going cross country and uh, worst case, they'll probably have to move into a bubble. Uh, opening night, uh, will be December 22nd in home arenas, but probably without fans. Uh, the NBA's goal is to have fans incorporated. They may sprinkle some in as like the NFL did, but the one issue is these games are indoors. NFL is outdoors. Uh, it's so much easier for uh, COVID particles to stay in one area, in indoor location with the NFL games outdoors. Uh, the COVID particles that come from your mouth can be go out of the stadium. So that's why NFL stadiums are able to have fans. 
before we um, just recap a quick reminder about head coach signings this offseason, Kim, Jason, do you have any thoughts on the dates? And is the 22nd of December, which is uh, about two days before Christmas, is this too early? No, I don't think this is too early, and I think the NBA can pull it off. You know, we saw their originally proposed start date is the same as the NHL is on January 1st. And this is only one week prior to that originally planned start date. And so I think this is not too early, you know. The only teams that it could be concerning for, like you said, could be the could be the Lakers who won it all and the Miami Heat who would have a shorter shorter off season. But I think I think it's good for the NBA to get going around the Christmas time and still have those Christmas Day games possible. Um, no, I don't think this is too early for the NBA to start this season, and hopefully we'll be able to finish the season again. Yeah, I definitely agree with um, that the Lakers and Heat um, might be a bit upset about a short off season. It's only like, what, maybe two months-ish. So um, that's going to be hard for them to um, get their um, their draftees um sign some free agents and build a team in just a few months and then go to training camp right away, they're going to struggle, both those teams. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I did hear a report that LeBron wouldn't play if the season starts around December-ish. I think that he'll change his mind on that because the season will be very hyped up as this is going to be a very big season great draft picks coming this offseason, a decent free agency class. And, of course, everyone's wondering um, how this season will play out with Giannis, if he'll stay um, with the Bucks this year. But going back to the date, I think that it's it's a good time to start, but some teams that made the playoffs and made it to at least maybe the conference finals um, would like a little more time to prepare for the next season. I'm sure um, lots of coaches – uh, GMs, owners, they want some time to build their team. Um, like we normally have uh, close to a three, four month off season. So it's shorter, but uh, this season's going to be one like no other. Um, I would just say that the season will probably be a little earlier than expected. Like Jason said, there's no off season to really get. Uh, but in terms of most teams have had a lot of off season, so I think you'll be okay. Um, Jason, want to talk about uh, some of the head coach signs we've had in this off season? Yeah, we did do uh, a big topic on this uh, last episode. But quick reminder on some of the signings: a lot of teams are um, stacking up on coaches. First, the Brooklyn Nets; they have. Um, a lot of big signings in their coaches and assistant coaches. Head coach is someone who has no experience as a head coach, and that is Steve Nash, a two-time regular season MVP. He played in the NBA for a while. He was on the Phoenix Suns for majority of his career, played with the Mavericks and Lakers for a bit. But he has been um, one of the better point guards in NBA history, so someone like Kyrie Irving will thrive off of that. And Assistant coaching, Amari Stoudemire, one of Nash's teammates, he is um, one of his teammates in Phoenix will be coaching him as well. And Steve Nash's coach in Phoenix, Mike D'Antoni, who recently coached the Rockets, and he's known for the seven seconds or less system. 
Um, there's even a movie made about it, about Steve Nash, Mike D'Antoni in the seven seconds or less offense. It's a great tactic that Mike D'Antoni created. He is going to be on that coaching staff, so the Nets are going to be looking pretty good this year. Uh, Philadelphia 76ers, Brett Brown was not the answer there. Um, so they went out and signed Doc Rivers, who previously coached the Clippers last year. And we all know he's a former NBA player, and he um, won the NBA Finals as head coach of the Boston Celtics in 2008. Um, now with the Clippers, Tyron Liu, he coached the Cavs um, with LeBron, Kyrie, and Kevin Love, got them a ring in that amazing 3-1 comeback in 2016 against the Warriors. He's coaching the Clippers. Pelicans get Stan Van Gundy. Um, he's had some experience as a coach. Was with the Pistons most recently in 2018 before they got Dwayne Casey. Knicks get Tom Thibodeau. He was coaching Minnesota last, and he was an assistant coach to Doc Rivers on that 08 Celtics team. Billy Donovan is now the coach of the Chicago Bulls. Bulls have um, it's been a while since they've had a good coach. Uh, Tom Thibodeau was there for a bit, but um, Billy Donovan was great with uh, Russell Westbrook and um, giving Paul George that, that MVP caliber season in the 2018-19 season. So hopefully he can turn the Bulls around. Pacers parting ways from Nate McMillan to get Nate Bjorkgren, Raptors assistant coach in 2020. Pacers are rumored to trade Victor Oladipo and Miles Turner this offseason, but we'll see what um, the team Bjorkgren gets. Steven Silas uh, recently coached the Mavericks. He is going to be placing Mike D'Antoni in Houston. Um, been rumors about James Harden being traded to Philly now that Daryl Morey, um, previous GM of the Rockets, is now the GM of the Sixers. But hopefully Silas will get Westbrook and Harden in his backcourt next year. And lastly, still a team without a coach is the Thunder. Billy Donovan coached them last year. And like I mentioned before, he is now coaching the Bulls. So... Thunder have a young team with some veterans like Chris Paul, Danilo Gallinari, and Steven Adams, but we'll see where they end up. All right, thank you for that, Jason. As we move on to the NHL now, we'll talk about any big surprises for the upcoming season and the start date, and we'll start off with the start date. The NHL is still going as of right now, with their January 1st start date, unlike the NBA, who has moved their start date up a week, the NHL has also decided to not go with a Winter Classic this year, even though they could have done it without fans. I think this is very disappointing for the NHL and fans in general, as the Winter Classic is one of the bigger NHL events of the year, besides the playoffs and the All-Star game. Um, no, I definitely think they could have still had this Winter Classic without fans. It would have been a great kickoff event for the season. But as of now, they're still going on for January 1st as their start date. And we still don't know yet how long their season might be yet. As for any surprises in the upcoming season, you know, a lot of goalie changes this year. We saw Henrik Lundqvist went from the Rangers all the way to Washington. Um, he will be the starting goaltender there as Brennan Holpe is no longer the goaltender in Washington. Um, some other exciting news there for the sad for Bruins fans, but for St. Louis fans, you know, Robert Thomas, you said he might be best friend now. Tory Krug has gone to St. Louis. He signed a seven-year deal over there. That's a great steal. 
It's a great steal for the St. Louis Blues, and they should get great stuff over there with him. Now, it was on the number one pick, Alexias Lafreniere should impact the Rangers a bunch. You know, they got the number two pick last year in Capo Caco, and, you know, he, he's looking for a um, for a breakout season coming up. Um, but after the overall season, you know, nothing really new, big surprises coming, but a lot of new players going different places and a lot of new goaltenders going to new teams as well. Thanks for that update, Cam. If you've been listening since the beginning, you know that me and Jason don't have a lot of knowledge in hockey, and that's where we run the big guns with Cam. So we, we thank Cam every week for all his uh, NHL knowledge. But to move on to a discussion that we all enjoy um, is the NFL. And this is a player that used to play on the Patriots. No, I'm not talking about Tom Brady. And yes, I'm talking about Antonio Brown, if you've been following the news. Antonio Brown was suspended after playing one or two games with the Patriots. And this, uh, a few weeks ago, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, signed him off suspended waivers. And uh, this week, week nine, Sunday night matchup against the Saints will be Antonio Brown's first game. We want to talk about, discuss what this means for Brady. Is this good? Is this bad? And also, do you think Antonio Brown's going to get suspended? Personally, I think he will because this guy always gets suspended. It's year after year. He's doing something stupid, and I don't think he's ever going to learn from his mistakes. But Jason or Cam, wanna who wants to dive in first and give their take? Sure, I'll start off first. And first off, you know, I think this is a good decision for the Tampa Bay Bucks. It gives Brady more options, even though they got – Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Scotty Miller there. But um, Chris Godwin has been out a few weeks, and we know Brady is big on Antonio Brown. He got him to come to the Patriots. He liked him there. He just happened to get suspended. Now Brady has reeled him into Tampa Bay. Um, we know Brady likes him. He'll be getting targets from Brady. We can expect that. Um, but this is – I think this is overall a good move for the Bucs, but like you said, um, Antonio Brown is a meathead, and he will probably do something to screw it up, and he'll probably get suspended again. Um, but in going to my opinion on the Saints-Bucks game with A.B., with Antonio Brown going with Tom Brady there, you know, we see Tom Brady versus Drew Brees. It's always a good matchup there, but I still think Tom Brady's got the edge on Drew Brees there. Overall, I do not think the New Orleans Saints are that good this year. I think that Alvin Kamara, Alvin Kamara carries the Saints, and he gets a lot of carries there. And without Michael Thomas, you know, the Saints don't really have a great receiver core there. So I think the Bucks should run all over the Saints, and Brady should get the win over rival quarterback Drew Brees. What are your thoughts on this, Jason? Yeah, I think Antonio Brown is um, a good fit for Brady. I don't think he really needed that many more options, but the more the merrier for Tom Brady. Uh, we all know Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Pro Bowl caliber, Pro Bowl caliber receivers. Uh, they'll break a thousand yards most years and get around five to ten touchdown receptions. And uh, adding Antonio Brown to the mix, I think he's going to start up as their third receiving option behind Evans and Godwin when all healthy. 
Gronk's probably going to be number four there and Scotty Miller five. But uh, Antonio Brown definitely is someone who I could see um, getting a few touchdowns here and there. In my opinion, the Bucks are looking like a top three team in the NFL right now. Only teams I might put above them are the Seahawks and the Steelers because of their great records. But Tom Brady has redeemed himself um, this year after a tough playoff loss in Tennessee. And I think uh, adding a lot of receiving options will be um, vital to this team's success. And I think that they, right now, they are uh, my favorite to win the Super Bowl. And Antonio Brown, I'm honest, I honestly think that he will, um, he's going to change. I don't think he's going to get suspended. He seems like he's sort of calmed down um, with everything that's happened. Yes, he got suspended multiple times um, after doing some things, but I think this is A.B.'s chance to redeem himself. And if he can prove that he can be not only a good person, but also a good option for Tom Brady, uh, his career and many fans will look will be looked at very differently. And uh, his impact on Sunday night's game against New Orleans, definitely going to be a big one. I see him catching at least one touchdown pass. Uh, I think that the Bucks could um, win commandingly. Like Cam mentioned, Alvin Kamara has gone off this year. Many people think he's the best running back in football. He's um, not getting uh, many catches or runs to the backfield, Latavius Murray and him are splitting carries, but Kamara is getting around five to 10 catches a game, and around 80 plus receiving yards, totaling uh, close to 150 receiving yards every game, which is crazy. But despite um, Kamara's success and maybe a return of Michael Thomas, uh, the Buccaneers are like one of the hottest teams in the league. So I do not see them falling to New Orleans. I guess I'll give my input last. I think I already said about Antonio Brown, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers team since that week one loss to the Saints in the Superdome, they are just one of the best teams in football. I mean, so many times we see these uh, teams um, start well, but don't finish well, but I see uh, the Bucks being one of the top teams. Uh, moving along with our predictions, we heard both uh, from both Jason and Cam that Saints and um, Bucks prediction, but I'm going to give my Patriots predictions. They play on Monday night. Uh, I'm going to go with high, a little bit high scoring than both of uh, them said, 31 to 13. And uh, the reason for this is I think this is going to be the game that proves that the Patriots have what it takes to be a strong offense. I'm, I'm going to say two touchdowns from Cam. One's going to be rushing, and one's going to be passing to Myers. Myers was his best uh, target in the Bills game, and I wouldn't be surprised if he continues to be well. Uh, Damon Harris was well, and if uh, Sonny Michelle uh, isn't what he looks and Harris gets a lot of action, I wouldn't be surprised if Harris picks up the touchdown. Uh, J.C. Jackson, I think, will get uh, a touchdown, and it'll be a pick six. Um, from Joe Flacco, even though it's not Sam Darnold playing, I think uh, Flacco is as bad or equivalent to Sam Darnold. Jason? Um, yeah, I think this is a game for the Patriots to prove to themselves that uh, they can win an actual game. It's I feel like it's been so long 
probably like a month by now. Last win was against the Oakland or Las Vegas Raiders, excuse me, back in week three. They are uh, now two and five, but the Jets 0-8, I believe, is their record. So this is a chance for the offense to figure things out. Yes, they have a lot of O-line injuries. You don't know what's going to happen with uh, Joe Tooney, Shaq Mason, and a lot of those guys. But um, this is a game for the Patriots just to figure stuff out because they got a big Sunday night matchup with the Ravens uh, the next week. So I'm going to go with a 26-10 to 10 victory for the Patriots. Cam Newton, not really a great, um, I guess you could say, for getting passing yards, not really great with that this year. So I'll give him 160. An interception, he's thrown a lot this year. Two touchdown passes and seven interceptions has been his touchdown-interception ratio, not great. But I think he'll get two rushing touchdowns, 60 rushing yards. And like Brandon mentioned, Sony Michelle will probably be returning to the lineup. I think that Harris and Michelle will split carries. I don't think they'll figure out who their number one back will be yet just this week. But I think Harris will get around 62 yards, Michelle 45. Jacoby Myers stepped up big time past two weeks. 49ers game, unfortunately, was not a close game, so he kind of had some garbage time catches. But against the Bills, he made some great plays. Chase Winovich on defense, he's been um, one of their better players. Two sacks is my prediction for him. And like Brian mentioned, J.C. Jackson, um, he uh, has had four interceptions this year. I think he'll add on to that total with five. All right, thank you, Jason. As for my predictions, as you guys think, this should be a week for the Patriots to bounce back. Now, I, I nailed the World Series prediction, saying the Dodgers will beat the Rays in six games. So hopefully I can nail this. I have the Patriots winning 27-10 to 10 with Michelle back. That should help them in the running game, even though Damian Harris has been doing very well for them. He's had some great carries and great ones. Um, as you see, the Patriots got and acquired Isaiah Ford from the Miami Dolphins, and he is activated as a new receiver for them. So hopefully he can be an impact as Gunnar Olcheski and Damian Bird, as long as Myers. No, we need those receivers to step up again. Um, Bird's been doing great. We'll see what Isaiah Ford can do, the new guy from Miami. Also, the Patriots have acquired Dante Moncrief, but he is right now still on their practice squad. We will see if they activate him, but he could also be an impact for the team. You know, Moncrief and Ford are both good receivers there. You know, Moncrief had a great season with the Colts a few years back, but yeah, I think the Patriots should be able to bounce back. You know, Harris and Michelle, like you said, should split, split, and Bird and Myers should be able to step up and have some good catches against this bad Jets team. And what goes for Cam Newton, you know, this should be a game for him to really step up and show what he can really do as he hasn't been able to do that recently, made some bad plays. And even if the Patriots feel like and the ones that came out, I'd love to see some Stidham action to see what he can do, you know. Sally put him in for a little bit of a pass game. I'd love to see what um, Stidham can do and see if he can really prove himself and get some more experience out there. But, yeah, like we all said, we all think this would be a game that the Patriots should be able to win and beat the Jets and move on to 3-5, and five, hopefully. Thanks to uh, both of you for your prediction. I'm going to quickly mention the Revolution, the other team that plays at Gillette, is back in action for the final week of the regular season. This regular season is much longer than usual. They'll be on 
ABC Sunday afternoon, 3.30 uh, p.m. on ABC. Uh, national television for Decision Day can't be better. The Revs tie or win. They clinch sixth place, move them out of the playing round. And uh, what better than to clinch on a national television stage where more than uh, a lot of people will be watching. <laughs> um, like we mentioned, the Pats are on Monday night. Sunday night is boxing. We hope you enjoyed this uh, episode. Don't forget to uh, follow us on Instagram, cbj.sports. And we're out.